The struggle of belonging. Everybody wants to belong. I'm convinced it's been hardwired into us. We long to belong. And so naturally, we hate for people to experience a Christmas season without the feeling of belonging. When we celebrate, we typically want to do it together with other people. We want to get together with our families or friends, at least another person or two, and enjoy the feeling of belonging as we celebrate. This year, that'll be hard because so many folks don't want to get together for fear of spreading the virus. And although we've been created as as beings with a need for interaction with one another, we have an even greater opportunity for belonging. We started a new sermon series last week called A Baby Changes Everything. Many of us have said that before. There are certain dramatic transformations that we witness in people's lives where all we can figure is a baby changes everything. A baby demands attention, love, sacrifice, dedication, change. Yeah, a baby changes everything. Of course, in this series, we're talking about the birth of Jesus, the the baby that changed eternity. Each week, we're looking at different ways that the coming of Jesus in the flesh changed the world. And we're doing this not with a traditional Christmas story passage, but with a hallmark introduction to this Jesus who came into the flesh and dwelt among us as told by the Apostle John in his biography of Jesus, a.k.a. the Gospel of John. Last week, we talked about how he brought the true light to the world. We saw a few different ways that the light changed the world. This week, we're going to look at how Jesus is coming into this world, made it possible for us to truly experience the ultimate form of belonging, which, of course, is the opportunity to belong to God. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. Open up there again this week and read with me verses 10 through 13. John is, of course, still talking about Jesus as we start here in verse 10. He says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man but of God. The first lesson that I want us to see here is that we must know him to belong. That's Jesus. Know him to belong. John chapter 1 verse 10 that we just read there said, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Notice the scripture says he was in the world. Okay, we talked last week about how Christ has been involved and working in the world even before he came in the flesh. I won't re-explain all that, but just keep that in mind as we continue on here. So he was in the world and, John goes on saying, the world was made through him. Again, last week we sort of laid the foundation for some of this. John chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 state very clearly that everything that came into being was created through Jesus. If it exists, He was involved in creating it. So he was in the world. The world was made through him. And, John says, the world did not know him. Even though he's always been in the world and the world was made through him, the world as a whole continued to reject him, to justify ignoring him, to suppress what they knew to be the truth, that their God, even the Spirit of Christ, was in the world. The Apostle Paul went into greater detail on this subject in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, let's read verses 18 through 21 here. 
Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Ah, oh, so many billions have passed through this world rejecting their opportunity to experience the ultimate belonging. We've tried to belong to this world. We've tried to belong to people and things. We try hobbies. We, we run out of money and they don't fulfill us. We try sports. Our team loses. We put all of our eggs in a relationship basket. Well, that person turns out to be imperfect, flawed, and ultimately disappointing. We try belonging to a social group of some kind. We can't live up to the standard that everyone else pretends to be living up to. We try using alcohol to numb the feeling of not belonging, or we use it to try to belong. Ultimately, we end up sad, depressed, and further disconnected. Certainly not true belonging. We focus on our jobs or our businesses, hoping to experience belonging through that, to feel connected to something bigger than ourselves. We still miss out on raises. We still get overlooked for that promotion. The balance sheets could always look better. We try so much just to gain so little. The belonging that matters is belonging to God. Only belonging to God offers infinite joy and purpose and life, and that only comes when we genuinely know Christ. A baby changes everything. Now, through truly knowing Christ, we can gain not just a sense of belonging, we can actually belong to our Creator and the one who has and gives eternal life. In the next verse, verse 11, we see that we must receive Him to belong. John chapter 1, verse 11 said, He came to His own, and those who were His own did not receive Him. Do you know who this is referring to? He came to his own, it says. And those who were his own did not receive him. Who does that sound like? Who is that describing? Who is that talking about? Yeah, it's, it's the Israelites of the Old Testament, right? And listen to what Paul said about this in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Paul said, I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption as sons and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises whose are the fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. Paul, talking about his kinsmen, the Israelites, he says all of these promises belonged to them. Adoption as sons belonged to them. The covenants belonged to them. The law 
came through them, was given to them. The, the, the service in the temple, that was theirs. That was exclusively for them. Even the Christ himself came from them. But what did the Apostle John write in John chapter 1, verse 11? He came to his own, and those were his, who were his own did not receive him. Jesus recognized their obstinance while he was here on earth. Luke chapter 13, verse 34, records his words here. Luke 13, verse 34, Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you would not have it. Jesus came to them. He wanted to protect them. He wanted to deliver them. He wanted them to belong through him. But as Jesus said, they would not have it. Now, we would never do anything like this, of course. Would we? If we're honest with ourselves, we know that when what we call real life hits us, we sometimes actually distance ourselves from God. We may not do it quite like the Israelites and you know, completely reject him as our Savior, but how many times would he love to gather us like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but we would not have it? You know what I mean? We say we trust him to save our souls, but we act like we don't trust him to provide in our predicaments. We say we trust him with our eternity, but we act like we can't even trust him with our tomorrows. I'm guilty, and I'll bet you are also. Struggling with what to think about the virus, how to move forward, how to do the Lord's work. Do I come to church? Do I hunker down at home? Do I still try to talk to my neighbor about Jesus or do I keep it to myself for a while? Paralyzed by questions like, how long is this going to last? Is what I'm doing wise? Is what I'm doing pleasing to God? Jesus, the word, Jesus, the life, Jesus, the light of men, Jesus, the one who has been in the world and who created it all. He has come to earth as this baby who changed everything. And we, the church, are his own now. And church, we have great, great benefits available to us as those who belong to him. The next time, the very next time we find ourselves stressing and questioning, can we just receive him into these situations? Sometimes I think Jesus sees us struggling out there in the real world, trying to figure it out, worrying, stressing ourselves to death, and he'd like to gather us under his wings, but we won't have it. Church, this is one of the greatest benefits and blessings available to us as those who belong to him. He wants us to, to share a yoke with him. He wants to work with us. He wants us to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us. This Christmas season, let's not fail to go through it realizing that this baby changed everything. And now through receiving him, not just once for salvation, but every day and in every situation, we can experience not only the contentment and fulfilling uh, fulfillment of belonging, but we can experience the great peace that comes when we know that we belong to him. Now, this next verse, verse 12, is where this really gets beautiful. Here we see that, that we belong by becoming sons and daughters. We belong by becoming sons 
and daughters. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12, where John says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. To those who receive him, he's saying, he, that is Jesus, gives the right to become children of God. We live in a country that is very serious about its rights. But can we imagine a greater right than the right to become a child of God? And there's no greater right than to truly belong to him. We choose to be added, but it is God who actually adopts us as sons and daughters. He, God himself, actually adds us to his family, those who belong to him. Once again, though, we come back to this baby who changed everything. It's all through Jesus. All this comes through him, this belonging, this right to become children of God. It all came through Jesus. The whole story of redemption, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. This is God's power for salvation, right? We always quote it. Paul said in Romans 1.16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Jesus said it this way in John 14.6. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You guys, he's the way. He's our path. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. We should certainly celebrate Jesus' divine human entrance into this world because without that humble birth, there would be no way, no path to the Father, no, no way to truly belong to God, no way to become a child of God. Can I challenge you to live like he's your father? I mean, I mean really live like you are a child of God. How many of you ever wanted to impress your parents? We didn't mean to try to earn their love. That's not why they loved us. But we wanted to make them proud. We wanted to make them happy. We wanted to make them smile. We wanted them to be pleased with us. We can do this with our Heavenly Father too, you know. Wouldn't that actually be fun? I mean, don't you think that would actually be enjoyable to live, to bring a smile to God's face? To live to please him, to live to make him proud. We know he loves us. We know we don't earn his love. But shouldn't our love for him cause us to live as obedient children? We really belong by truly becoming a child of his. Not just calling ourselves a child of God, but living as a child of God. Really, truly becoming a child of God. As those who have received and believed in his son, God has granted us this very special opportunity. So we have to know Christ to belong. We have to receive Christ to belong. We belong by becoming sons and daughters of God. And finally, I want us to see that we belong by being born of God. We belong by being born of God. John chapter 1 verse 13 describe what we actually do when we know Christ, receive Christ, believe in his authority, and, and desire to take God up on his opportunity to become a child of God. It says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right? Not born in all these other ways. It's not talking about that kind of birth, but being born of God. That's what verse 13 says. Children of God obviously do not become his children because of some will or act of the flesh. 
but there is a type of birth involved. The Apostle John writes about this new birth just a couple of chapters later in John chapter 3. John recounts the, the details of an interaction between Jesus and a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And Jesus explains that a person can't enter the kingdom of God, cannot enter the kingdom of God, unless he or she is born again. Now, Nicodemus is a little unsure of what Jesus is talking about here. You might remember that. Uh, but fortunately for us, that means that Jesus goes into a little more detail about this rebirth and explains that a person must be born of water and the Spirit. Now, of course, with our advantage of being on this side of the cross and having the completed scriptures, we know that this is talking about our baptism, where we are immersed in water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? By the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins and to receive the Holy Spirit. When we believe the gospel that Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day, when we repent and turn toward him, live for him, when we confess our genuine belief that Jesus is the Christ and then are baptized, we're born of water and the Spirit. We are born again. And after that happens, we often sing, right? Now I belong. Now they belong. Now he belongs. Now she belongs. Now I belong. This Christmas season, every time you think about the reason we celebrate, I hope you think about this baby that changed everything. I hope you think about how his coming into the world made it possible for us to truly belong to God. I hope this message encourages you to make it an intentional and focused goal of yours to know him as well as you possibly can. It's a privilege and it is a blessing that we can know Christ through his word. Don't let the world get you so busy and so distracted that you don't make time to know him. I hope this message encourages you to receive him. Don't push him away or ignore him when things get a little rocky or uncertain or when a pandemic strikes. Receive him into those situations. Jesus still wants to provide for his people, that is, if they will have it. I hope this message encourages you to truly live as a child of God. We celebrate Jesus coming to this earth. Let's remember that he made it possible for us to belong to God in a very real and intimate way as, as one of his children, right? Let's live like those who have been adopted as sons and daughters who long to bring a smile to our Father's face. And of course... If you have not been born of God, if you've not been born again, born of water and the Spirit, I would love to talk with you about that decision. I want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions about how to become a Christian, how to be saved, how to have a reconciled relationship with God. I want to encourage you to go to our church website, liberty-christian.com, liberty-christian.com. And in the menu section there, uh, click on the good news, and you will have the good news laid out for you in an easy-to-read format. You can read it there in a text format. You can check it out there in a video format. You can check it out there in a slideshow format. But it's all just the basics, things that God says are life and death. Believe this 
and live. Do this and be saved. Don't do this and be condemned. Those kinds of things, those things that God makes abundantly clear in his word are necessities, are things that we have to do before we are considered saved in his mind. Those things are laid out for you right there on that page. And if after going through all that, you have further questions, I encourage you to reach out to us and we will give you Bible answers. You can also go to Facebook, Jake Brown Ministry. Reach out to me there with your your Bible questions, your questions about uh, salvation or or anything else. I'm happy uh, to try to help you in your journey.